You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. So great to worship together and have the freedom to sing, isn't it? Uh, I, I hear people saying, I'm never going to take this for granted again, and uh, I hope that's true. Well, it's my pleasure and privilege this morning to bring us uh, the next part in our series that we began last week, Finding Strength, Finding Strength. And if you want a title for this part too, it's this, Harness the Power of Habit. Harness the power of habit. There are several different words in the biblical languages that get translated into the English word strength when we read it in Scripture. And the reason that's important is actually this can mean a lot more than just physical strength. You know, it could be physical, it could be, it can also mean things like power or might or ability or good health or just the ability to accomplish a specific action. So it could be physical or emotional, psychological, moral. In fact, any area where we might feel weak or not sure if we have what is needed to fulfill something or achieve something, there in that place, there is strength that can be found in God. And that is what we are talking about in this series. It's the strength to get through. It's the strength for today. It's a little bit like talking about the fuel in the tank of our lives. Now, I've only ever once actually been in a vehicle that is completely run out of fuel. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. In fact, why don't we have a show of hands if you've ever been in a vehicle that has completely run out of fuel. Few, few of us across the room, a few less than in service one, interestingly. But uh, it's, it's not a great experience, is it? Even like when your fuel is running low, it's a bit like, ooh, are we going to make it? On this particular trip, I was on a missions trip as a student with, another, with a group of students in Brussels. Uh, we were in uh, the university minibus. I don't know quite how we'd managed to work that. But um, we were there. I wasn't the driver, but we were all students, which was perhaps why we hadn't um, orchestrated this better. You see, we'd known that the fuel gauge was running low, but we hadn't come across the petrol station. There'd been various different engagements. We'd not made time to go and fill up. So the gauge got lower, the light came on, and then eventually the engine cut out. That horrible feeling. Cut right out. Nothing left. The only amazing thing in this story was just as the engine cut out, we crested the hill of a road. And as we crested the hill, you could see ahead, probably about 500 meters down a hill, thought it was a mirage, but it wasn't. It was miraculously a fuel station, downhill all the way from the crest of the hill. We could just freewheel all the way there, made it into the petrol station, refueled, and on we went. I don't know what the plan would have been if we hadn't have done. There was one connection, actually one grown-up connection that we had in Brussels. He would certainly have got a call and I'm sure rescued us somehow. But it's good that didn't need to happen. Or even, you know, if the road had been uphill, we wouldn't have been able to make it. There would have been insufficient strength, insufficient fuel. Now, maybe you've had a great week this week and you come to this morning feeling that the tank of your life is full. But maybe you've had a more challenging week and you're feeling like the tank 
is nearer empty. The reality is that for all of us, sometimes we find ourselves in need of refueling, needing to find strength. We know that we need something more from God. It's true, isn't it? The demands of life, of family, of work, just different challenges that need navigating, finding our way through, bills that need paying, countless different kinds of challenges. Maybe even just finding our way through our own weaknesses or pain or vulnerability. Sometimes we all might find ourselves with a reason to say, give me strength, give me strength. And the heart of this series is to help us to find that strength and to find it in God because he desires to give you strength. This God we have sung about who is stronger, he doesn't just wish to be stronger and removed, but stronger and present with you to give you what you need. Let me remind you of some of the scriptures that point to this strength of God. I'm not taking us this morning just to one text, but a number of scriptures. You'll, we'll have heard some of them last week, but we're gonna keep reminding you and reminding us that there is strength for us in God. If we start back in Samuel 2, 2 Samuel 22, we have David, he said, it's God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. In 1 Chronicles 29, 12, he says, in your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. 2 Chronicles 16, 9, I love this verse, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the, the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Psalm 18, when David has been rescued, he says, I love you, Lord, my strength. Psalm 18, it's God who arms me with strength. If you wanna join me in saying strength, you can. Psalm 28, the Lord is my strength and my shield. Psalm 28, again, the Lord is the strength of his people. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Psalm 46, you may not be familiar with, God is our refuge and our strength. Psalm 59, you are my strength. Psalm 59, 16, but I will sing of your strength in the morning. Psalm 68, you God are awesome in your sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. Psalm 73, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. There's more in the Psalms. Isaiah, he says, the Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. Isaiah 32, Lord, be gracious to you. We long for you. Be our strength in the morning. Isaiah 40, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will renew their strength. Isaiah 41 says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will, he promises to do it. The Lord will guide you always, Isaiah 58. He'll satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. Habakkuk says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. Prayer of Paul, Ephesians 3 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he might strengthen you through the power of his spirit. Paul himself says, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And a promise from 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3, but the Lord is faithful. He will 
strengthen you and will protect you from the evil one. It's not an exhaustive list. If you look through the scripture again and again and again comes the confession of his people, the prayer of his people, and the declaration from God that he is here for strengthening his people. And so whatever else you may take from today, I pray that these words would go deep into your soul. Whether you're here in the room, whether you're joining us online, the Lord wants to strengthen you and meet with you. Strength for today and for every day. Last week, Pastor Martin kicked off the season, the the series taking us to the story of David and Ziklag. And we get this phrase that he strengthened himself in the Lord. And he helped us to see that, number one, David knew the source. He knew where strength came from. Number two, he knew the way. And in this series, we're gonna be looking at a few different ways that we can find strength. And thirdly, David made the choice. Now for many of us here, many of you joining us online, I know you know the source. You know that strength is in God. Many of those verses that I've just read, that's not the first time you've heard them. You know this truth. And probably we all uh, have some sort of idea as to a way that we can connect with God, a way that we can find Him. But there's a challenge for us all as to whether we will make the choice. Whether we'll actually make the choice to do the things that we know will help us to find strength. I've observed something strange at work in my own life. You see, I know the source. I know those verses. I've memorized some of those verses. I've been to him many times to find help. I know the way. I know what is needed. I know what will do me good. I know what will help me to be stronger. I know how to connect with God. But the choice that I make is not always the right choice. For some reason, I don't always make the choice. Anyone else understand this? Anyone else experience any of this? See, I know that if I get up earlier in the morning, if I sit before the Lord, if I still my soul, if I read the Bible or pray, I know I'm gonna feel, I'm gonna be stronger. And yet when the alarm goes off and there is a choice to make, it's not easy, is it? Especially if yesterday or a few yesterdays have been particularly demanding or busy, it can be hard to make the choice. You know, when it's been a really busy day at work, I'm sure all the people you work with are lovely, but it, you know, sometimes you know if someone at work has behaved outrageously, or maybe I come home and I'm a bit upset or a bit anxious, a bit on edge, I know that just to spend a little time with the Lord will make me feel strong again. Right. Just to read a psalm, recenter my soul on him, just to talk to him about the day even, about how others have behaved, how I've behaved maybe. These things would help me to find strength. But making the choice, making the choice is a different thing. You know, sometimes I know these things. I'm even on the point of making the choice. But for some reason, instead of making the choice, I reach for my phone. Because the phone's always nearby, isn't it? Reach for my phone. I look at the news, take my mind off things. Then scroll through some other stuff, things of interest, maybe a few YouTube videos, maybe even some social media. And you know, before you know it, an hour is gone. It's time to get dinner or something else. And that little window when I could have found strength is gone. I knew what was needed to help me find strength, but I didn't make the choice. And I don't even fully know why. 
Have you ever been at the end of a busy day? It's been a long day, you feel a bit depleted. I remember these days thinking like, I need, it would do me good to go to life group. I should go to life group. My life group leaders have prepared and it would be good to make sure that I show up. But as the day goes on and I'm tired, I'm thinking, oh, should I go to life group? Maybe, maybe not. Am I too tired? Maybe it would do me good. Maybe it would do me more good to rest at home tonight. Maybe I should stay. Maybe, um, maybe, it would, maybe that's a better idea. Then I remember I'm a pastor and I have to go because that's, that's an important part of the job. But you know, but there have been many days before I was a pastor when I still had that wrestle and I still had to make the choice. But we know the wrestle, don't we? We can feel discouraged and disconnected. We can even sometimes, I begin to speak in tongues because I know that it'll encourage me and build me up. And then a notification comes in on my phone and I attend to it or to the person or whatever it is and uh, engage with that. Don't even clock that I've stopped what I had begun to find strength. And then I deal with that thing and then move on to something else and even forget where I was. Anyone else experience any of this? I think we do because there is a battle. There is a battle over making this choice to find strength in God. The Apostle Paul knew it well. He writes about it in Romans 7. He was a disciplined man, he was a religious man. He'd been brought up to be very disciplined and yet he describes in Romans 7, it's gonna come up on the screen, this struggle internally between knowing what we need to do and yet doing something else. Doing a thing that they didn't want to do. He concludes, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? And he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because he knew there could be a wrestle. There's a wrestle between the flesh and the spirit. We know what we need, but we struggle to make the choice. We can be apathetic, we can lack willpower, or we can get to the end of our willpower. Sometimes there's people around our lives who don't help us to make the right choice, and it's worth us always thinking about who's around us and what choices are they helping us to make. Because we can know the source and know the way, but making the choice is a whole different challenge. Now, probably all of us can be aware of areas of our lives where really uh, we could demonstrate more willpower, uh, we could be more disciplined, and we could make some different choices. I'm sure all of us have got those areas. But what I want to take us to, to, to today is something in Scripture that I think clearly points us to something else that will also help us, rather than just driving harder at our own choices, and that is harnessing the power of habit. And what I mean by that is attending to the importance of rhythms and habits in our life, of the things that we do regularly. Now, often we can end up relying entirely on our willpower to help us to make a choice. So perhaps it isn't, uh, it isn't surprising that sometimes there's a wrestle and sometimes a struggle. You know, studies have shown that we actually have a finite amount of willpower, that it's like a muscle, if you like. You can train it and get more, but on a given day, you have a finite amount that you can exercise. So there's a point where we come to the end of our strength to make a choice. Now, of course, when we come to the end of our strength, there is a Holy Spirit who lives in us and works with us and can help us to function beyond that. But it's also worth considering that when we get to the end of our willpower, what kicks in is habit. It's our habits that are making the choice. In fact, there was a paper published by a Duke University researcher in 2006 that found that more than 40% of the actions that people performed each day were not actual choices, they were habits. And what they mean by that is that it was an acquired pattern of behavior that had been regularly followed until it became pretty much automatic in their life. We will all have some of these in our lives. 
choices that we make at some point, then make them regularly such that they just become natural and automatic. Some of them good, probably some of them bad. Some helpful, some unhelpful. It's been understood scientifically that this is a natural consequence of our neurology. That if we repeatedly make certain decisions, then those things become hardwired into our brains. They become habits. In the last 20 years, scientists have understood a lot, lot better how habits are formed, how they work in our brains, and just how massively significant they are to what, how we think, how we choose, and how we behave. And so it follows. If we want to be more regular in making a choice to find our strength in God, then we may need to attend to the habits of our lives that are dictating what's going on in the wrestle of our days. We may simply not need to look at willpower, but harness the power of habit and look at what rhythms are in place. What are the things we're doing regularly? What are the repeated choices that we're making that are becoming hardwired and becoming automatic? See, the truth is that habit eats willpower for breakfast, basically. So if we will attend to our habits, if we will harness the power of habit, then it will help us to connect more easily to find strength with God. Now, I'm aware this may sound as though I'm here to preach habit science to you this morning, and I am not. I am sharing some thoughts and some things that I've read about and are interesting and helpful, but that's not it because the life comes in the Word of God. But if you come with me and we look in the Scriptures together, we will see that in the Scriptures there is so often a call to habit to rhythm, and to regularity. If we begin with Jesus and go to Luke, where we were just a few weeks ago in our Beauty for Ashes series, in Luke chapter four, Jesus is in the synagogue and he reads from the scroll. But if we read Luke 4, 16, this is what it says. On the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom as was his custom. We get something similar written about Paul the Apostle. Acts 17, verse two, it says of him, as was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue. As was his custom. This is Jesus himself. This is the Apostle Paul, the writer of much of the New Testament. They both had a custom of going to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Now, a custom is a habitual practice. It's a usual way in act of acting in certain circumstances. Both Jesus and Paul had a habitual practice of going to the synagogue on a Sabbath, wherever they were, wherever they traveled. It means they didn't get up each Sabbath and think, shall I go to church today? Shall I go to the synagogue? They didn't wait and see if their alarm woke them up. They didn't wait to see if they got up in time. They didn't spend the week before thinking, oh, is this a week when it works to go to the synagogue or are we on with something else? No, no, it was a choice that had been made regularly over a period of time so it became a habitual practice. They had a usual way of acting on the Sabbath, which meant they didn't have a decision to make each week. It was a custom. Now, if you knew Paul, or if you knew Jesus back in that day, if it was the Sabbath, you knew where to find them. The truth is that if you know someone, you will know their habits and you'll know where to find them. You'll know where they'll be when. The people in my house, I know pretty much where I'll find them when, where they're sitting, what they'll be doing. It's what happens because we are creatures of habit. So for us in the room, for you joining us online, I wonder if we could ask ourselves the question, the people that know us really well, 
Where would they know to find us? Let me just add, this isn't a message, particularly for you joining us online, this isn't a message about coming back into the building. But it does touch upon what our habit is on a Sabbath, what our habit is on a Sunday. If you're not ready to come back into the building yet, that's, that's actually okay. We know it's gonna take people at different uh, speeds, allow them a different journey. But it is important for all of us that we create a habit, a practice of worship, to give ourselves fully every week, not having it on whilst doing something else, not um, catching up at some point in the week that'll be convenient, but making a choice that actually on a Sunday we're gonna be found fully connected to God and to God's people, whether in person, whether online, because it's one of the ways that we find strength. And so we want to have a habit that draws us into that. You know, beyond Jesus and Paul, if we look at the backdrop of scripture, we find repeatedly there's a call to rhythm and regularity. If you just sweep right back to Genesis, there's rhythm even in creation. You know, if you read the creation story, it's like there was evening, there was morning the first day. There's some more things made, there's evening, morning, second day. And so it goes on all through day one, two, three, four, five, six, until we get to seven. And then something else is put in there as a routine and a rhythm and a habit, and it's called Sabbath. It says God rested on the seventh day. He gave them a day to rest, a Sabbath, a holy day to the Lord. And a few chapters later when he gives the Israelites the Ten Commandments, it's there, Sabbath. Six days work, one day rest. You can have a holy day, a Sabbath day to rest and to worship. God was giving us a habit, a pattern to be laid down so that there would be a rhythm and a regularity to life. Work six days, but every seventh day, you're gonna come back to my house. Every seventh day, you'll be in my presence. Every seventh day, you're gonna come and find strength, and it's gonna be regular, and it's gonna be rhythmical, and it's gonna help to keep you connected into my strength. If you journey through, on through the Old Testament and you see the pattern that God gives through Moses, you read it in Exodus and uh, Leviticus and Deuteronomy in particular, there's a pattern to worship. And as you read what's laid down, there's a word that comes again and again and it's the word regular. The offerings will be regular. There'll be regular burnt offerings, regular grain offerings. You're gonna offer things on the altar regularly. It says the burnt offering is to be made regularly. Incense will burn regularly before the Lord. And there are to be regular offerings for cleansing. See, what God is putting in place under Moses is, is about as far from being ad hoc or sporadic as you could possibly get. It's almost like he's saying, you're gonna be my people and this is how your worship's gonna be, but I know you're gonna be terrible at making the choice. So I'm, we'll do these things and it will do them regularly because then there'll be a habit and a pattern and a rhythm and it will help you to harness the power of habit and to be connected to the place where you can find strength. If we think of the Israelites in the desert, twice daily they were reminded of their need for God and able to find strength physically through food. In the morning it was manna, in the evening it was quail, day after day dependent in the morning 
I come for manna. In the evening, I come for quail. Tomorrow, in the morning, I'll find manna. In the evening, I'll find quail. There's this daily, twice daily rhythm, interrupted only by the pattern of Sabbath. I won't name them all now, but there were also key points through the year, different festivals, each with deep meaning that we could go into, but I won't now. But they were there partly to remind the Israelites, to give them this regular rhythm through the year of remembering, of connecting, of pulling away from the other things and refocusing, so that this pattern of coming to God to find strength would be nurtured, would be maintained, would be kept in them. Now, if you know anything of the story of Scripture and of God's people, then the sad thing is that they did never manage very well to live within this framework. They didn't manage to harness the power of habit. And so what kept happening was they drifted away. They wandered away. They did other things, followed other habits. And they didn't benefit from this place of connection and being in the center of the purpose that God really had for them. They neglected the rhythms and the habits that had been given them to help them. If you come to the New Testament, we meet some other characters, Zechariah, Elizabeth, Mary, Joseph are very familiar names. The Apostle Paul, they all have key places in what God was doing. But if we look at their lives and what we get told about them, they're people of habit. They're people who kept the framework that God had put in place. If you think the first person in the New Testament, the first non-Jew, the first Gentile to get filled with the Holy Spirit was a guy called Cornelius. You can read it in Acts chapter 10. One of the key things we get told about him, even as someone who hadn't yet had a real revelation of Jesus, it says that he prayed regularly, regularly. It seems that as the plans and the purposes of God unfolded, the people who found themselves in the middle of it were those who were connected into what God was doing, not because they observed legalistic things, not because they just kept dates or times or were in certain places, but because they had allowed rhythms and habits to shape their lives that led them always back to the heart of God, to the place of finding strength and to the place of being where they needed to be for what God wanted to do in that season. You could say of all of them that they harnessed the power of habit. So the key question is, what does all this mean for us as we come into this series of finding God? What does this mean? As we come and emerge, hopefully, out of COVID-19 into something different, as we regroup, as we try and recover from the impact, the enormous impact this has had on many of us, you see, the truth is that the patterns and the habits of our lives hold massive power for how we operate, over what we do, over what we will become, for whether we will connect with Jesus and find strength in him, or whether it will just be an intention that we didn't quite fulfill. Because if we change our habits, we literally change our brain. We'll still need to find strength, we're still gonna need to refuel but it's like we've changed the hard wiring. It's like we change from a car that runs fully on petrol to a self-charging hybrid. I mean, they look really fancy. I've seen the adverts for those. I think it'll be a while before we can save up and afford one, but they look like a really great idea. Because now, you see, you still need to refuel and you still need to go to the petrol station, but you've got a self-charging component of the car. It's been hardwired, so you always have what you need to get you to the place you need to refuel. 
I know many of us, we may feel weary in this season. We may keep thinking, I just need to feel less tired, and then we can do some things. Then I can put some things in place. Then I can deal with where I find myself. But friends, now is the moment to take stock, to harness the power of habit, to consider what are the habits that have just become formed in these last 16 months that I never intended and that are not helping me. Let's at least take stock and recognize what they are. And what might be the habits, what might be a simple habit that I know if I'm gonna really live out what God has for me, that I need to start thinking about how I could put that in place. For some of us, it might be a choice around, about Sabbath, about Sundays. That maybe we're not gonna worship one in two or one in three or connect online later or sometime when it works, but actually a simple choice to say, whenever I can, if I'm not on a shift that I cannot change, I'm gonna be in the house of God, online or in person, I'm gonna be connected every Sunday. One in seven, six days to work, one day to rest and to worship. And harness the power of habit. Maybe um, it's getting in place or re-putting in place a daily rhythm of connecting with God. And this doesn't need to be an hour. It doesn't need to be two hours. You know, five minutes is a great place to start. If you don't have a daily routine with God, or maybe you had one and you've lost it, because that, that happens to all of us sometimes. We're like, where did, where did my routine go? If we've got to there, then let's focus on what we can put back into place. And it starts simply, five minutes a day. See if we can do it consistently. Just read a verse from the Bible. Sit quietly before the Lord. But then do that consistently so that a habit is formed that then can be built on and from which we can then develop. We start to build within ourselves a framework and a pattern that will help us to keep coming back and finding strength. Maybe you've got loads of great rhythms and habits in your life already. If you wanna keep growing in this, I'd really recommend a book by Ruth Haley Barton called Sacred Rhythms that'll help us to grow further. It takes 30 to 60 days to form a new habit, apparently, uh, depending on a number of different variables. One of the keys is to focus and to keep focused on the goal, to focus on what you know will come from this if you achieve it. You know, I find in myself, sometimes we can view uh, times of prayer or times in the word or disciplines of any kind spiritually, solitude or speaking in tongues or whatever they might be, we can view it as work, we can view it as um, discipline, we can view it as something we'll be glad when it's done. And you know we have an enemy who wants us to keep thinking that and also to think that it's a waste of time because he wants to do everything that he can to keep us away from the place where we find our strength in God because he wants to keep us weak. He wants to keep us disconnected because there's such a source of strength. So we must remember what happens when we connect to the goal and the prize, which is Jesus himself. When we sit with him, when we meet with him, when we're changed by him, when we find strength in him, I wanna encourage you to take some time to articulate and to describe what is that like for you? How is it different for you? Because unless we've done that, we'll keep thinking in the back of our minds, it's boring, it's work. I don't even know if it makes any difference. But when we stop and we consider what actually happens, when we remember some of the answers to prayer, when we remember how we felt strengthened, then it helps us to focus on the goal. 
On Friday, it was prayer and praise, uh, as it often is on a Friday. It was our first one back in person, as can happen for any of us on any given day. <laughs> it's like, my day didn't go to plan. I got horribly behind on some things I was needing to do. I was so tired, like so tired by the end of Friday. But it's a long time ago that I made some choices about prayer. Uh, that if the prayer meeting was on, I was there. It's not, it's not even a choice anymore. This is a habit. So I was always gonna be there. But what I gotta tell you is, and let me help to describe and articulate what happens, is when I got in the presence of God, right? I got in the house of God, and I saw some brothers and sisters and began to be in the place expectant. It was already a joy. It was already doing me good in my soul. But then we began to worship together and the presence of God filled the room. I could see the Holy Spirit ministering to people. People were receiving. It began, it was doing me good, even just seeing them. But then also for myself in His presence, I felt loved. I felt restored. I was ministered to. I was energized. I was refreshed by the presence of God, deeply refreshed. I found strength. It was the most life-giving thing I had done all week. And yet there was a wrestle inside to go. And probably next time there'll be a wrestle inside to go. So often I forget the prize, the goal, what happens when I connect to God, how much it changes and transforms me, what it feels like when I find my strength in Him. We have to remember, rehearse, maybe write down, what does it do when we connect with God? How can you harness the power of habit in finding strength in God? What are, the, what are the habits or what is the habit that you could work on next or take some steps towards? Because God is serious about you finding strength in Him. But it might require us being serious about coming to Him and connecting with Him. Four simple steps as to how you can go about forming a new habit. The first one is to choose just one habit just one thing. Don't try and do loads of things at the same time, just one thing. Maybe it's mornings, maybe it's Sundays, maybe it's evenings, maybe it's something else. One thing, one habit. Number two, make sure it's really simple and achievable. If anything, make it easier than you think it should be just so that you can do it and it's achievable. Maybe it's just five minutes of something, maybe it's 10, but it needs to be achievable. Number three, focus on the goal. What are you wanting from that time? What do you know you're gonna find if you truly connect with God? Articulate it, write it down, describe it so you can focus on it. And then number four, do it consistently for six weeks. If you do it consistently for six weeks, you have built a new habit. You'll be harnessing the power of habit. It'll change your brain. It'll position you to be plugged in to find strength in God and it will help you as you rebuild into this next season. Most of us have a bit of rebuilding to do in this season, but if we attend to our habits, one habit at a time will help us to connect in, to find strength. You know, this Jesus, he has everything that we need. He has strength for today, hope for tomorrow, everything we need and more besides. And if we attend to our habits, then we will keep finding all that we need in Him. I'm gonna invite you to stand to your feet and I'm gonna pray. Father, we thank you that everything that we need is in you. The strength for today, the strength for this moment, everything that we could possibly need 
It is available in you and has been provided in you, but we have to come and connect with you. And Lord, you know, I'm so grateful that you've walked in the flesh, Jesus, and you know what it is to wrestle. You know what it is to face the battle, and yet you chose to go and connect with your Father. And we wanna pray that you will help us in the making of choice. You will help us in the harnessing of habit. You will help us even as we rebuild in this season to get frameworks in our lives, rhythms and patterns that will keep driving us back into your presence and into the place where we connect with you so that we can be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might so that we can go each day, not in our own strength, but in your strength. And so, Lord, we can make the choices that deep down we want to make and live fully and freely in you and in the purposes you have for us. And so we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.